Welcome everyone back to Dissecting Popular IT today. Sharon Danu. Man, I just, uh, I can't, we didn't have recorded what we couldn't have recorded before because if we had recorded that, I, again, I've said many things that probably if I wind up dead again someday, just, uh, remember that, um, it was not, um, it, it wasn't suicide. It wasn't suicide. <laughs> It could be could be something else. Well, welcome to the show, senior level information technology, IT leader. I was up all night last night, not all night last night, but I was up for a very long time trying to figure out, and I'm kind of a technology guy, trying to figure out how to replace two different types of thermostats in my house that attach to two different HVAC units, which kind of goes kind of goes hand in hand with the world that you work in, which is somewhat connected to not really, not loosely, right? Loosely. You would think, you know, like an IT guy would be able to replace an analog thermostat, you know, but it's like a four wire thing. And then we're going into a smart thing and, you know, it's like analog to digital. And if anyone should be able to do it, I guess it should be me because I remember the old, the, you know, the televisions and computer screens were used to have to use a screwdriver to attach it to a keyboard. Do you remember those days? No, no, I can't date myself that, that far <laughs> back. Maybe I could, but I wouldn't admit it, you know? Um, welcome to the show. And we were speaking uh, before in the past about the, uh, just in general, the the influence that IT directors, IT managers, leaders have in the business world and it's kind of a mixed bag it's a it's a mixed bag of companies that are still in the uh, the old school companies that are in the new school and then there's this kind of like in between thing here and there how do you feel about being stuck in the middle of all of that and being part of that so you can't be pulled in two different directions right old school new school right so you have you might the, as well uh, go new school you might as well go new school i guess well, you know, you, you would you would think you would think you know, but <laughs> so, sometimes it's like serving two different masters, right? Which one do you, which way do you go? Who do you satisfy when? And that becomes mm -hmm. a challenge, right? And that's a strategic thing, right? Because mm -hmm. it also leads to some personal growth as well. How do you how do you relate to people on both sides? The guys mm -hmm. that want to do things the way you want them to the new world, or the traditional guys on one hand, right? Both have growth potential, but which way do you want to go? See what I'm saying? E yes and then there's the well what do i say to yes appease the people that i serve but sometimes what they want to hear is not what they need to hear so so i am brutally honest right what they want to hear versus what they need to hear you know i'll always tell them what they need to hear whether or not they like that you know you could gauge that by their response at that point in time you know and and my follow-up is, but I am telling you the truth so you make the best possible decision, right? Or we together collectively make the best possible decision, knowing mm -hmm. that whatever you want to hear is not really what I'm telling you, but I'm telling you what is the absolute truth as far as I know. Mm. And what really blew me away was this idea that maybe maybe we are brutally honest with them, but it, it just doesn't work. Maybe, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe it doesn't work. Or there's just this other approach. And you said something when we were speaking in, in brief and we came up with this a great idea, which I thought was like just a, this brilliant idea, which is shadow IT on purpose, purposeful shadow IT. 
we're gonna go okay. do we're gonna go do shadow it and that's a crazy thought right <laughs> it's a crazy thought it's an absolute it's insane but i mean really what it is is it's let's um let's implement something without permission and ask for forgiveness later when it all works out great and it, and it's awesome so we're actually make as it leaders we're making purposeful shadow it decisions and in hopes for a better future so full disclosure i spent a lot of my career actually going after shadow it groups right <laughs> and, and there were, there, so so here's the thing there's a, there's a few things we learn from shadow it groups right we learn what we shouldn't be doing right uh -huh. and we learn how how to shut them down and get them to comply with whatever the corporate standard procedure you know platform whatever it is right but then you say this like it's like, like it's like a illegal like like illegal well, so some, that we're some, sometimes it should be right some sometimes it, <laughs> it should be because it costs us more in the long run yeah. then you you flip it around right you learn how you could on one side you learn how to shut them down how to tell them no go away this is not what we want to do and then you flip it around <laughs> and you say hey maybe this is what we should be doing right mm. because i don't profess to know all the answers right and i don't hire people because i know all the answers and i could tell them everything that they need to know and what they need to do right i hire smart people so that they could help me do what i need to do they mm. could tell me you know how i could accomplish how i could get from e to e to d you know was the was the b and c's in between see what i'm so saying so important so important and i oh, right just to pause for a second i don't think we should just steamroll over that because i think a lot of people come in and me i'm i i've tell my kids and i've said this on previous episodes that i learn everything i've learned everything in life the hard way i've i'm i'm the guy that has to like you know like even though you tell me don't do something i need to go do it and feel the pain and suffering of that myself and then i will learn right so i'm like i'm i'm like my own worst enemy sometimes and what i've learned is that the most growth i have ever experienced has been by teaming with other people and hiring other people that are smarter than myself absolutely i mean that does exactly what you need to do, right? I mean, like you set the direction, the vision, whatever, from a strategic level, but you hire super smart people to actually get you from, from I, I call it A to D or probably from A to Z along mm. that journey, right? They're the ones who fill in the spots, you know, you just provide the guidance, remove the roadblocks, you know, with a bowling analogy, you know, you put up the bumpers on the, on the side so that they go straight down the road, but they, they're the ones who really design and it's a deep, do. that's a deep thought. That's a deep thought. Even removing the roadblocks, what you said. I, I don't mean it. I, I, I don't want to interrupt you, but your thoughts, are, everything that you've said so far is just so dead on. Right. So first hire the right people. Then you said, remove the roadblocks. I mean, we literally have to, I have to like, uh, reverse engineer what you're saying here. Cause it's such a big deal. Cause most people don't, what do you mean? It sounds, it sounds cliche yeah we remove roadblocks we got to hire people teamwork is the dream work and all these different things all these cliche things that we hear all the time but no it it really is important to surround yourself with people that are smarter than yourselves and we say it's so it important to hire the, the right people this yeah, is, we, is so important we hear yeah. it all the time but then you said to remove the roadblocks sometimes they're they will do something because they think they're act they, they think the leader wants them to do something but that's a roadblock and you need to remove that for them for example 
I will get myself out the way. That's exactly what you said there. Makes me think about me getting myself out the way, right? So I will, I will, I will remove myself, right, so that they mm. don't have that thought. Do I want them to do something a certain way? Maybe sometime, right? Maybe sometimes, but that's not usually the case. Because if that was the case, then why would I hire him? See what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. And but here's another one too. Like just because I put someone in charge of, I, I put a team in charge of redesigning our website because it's it's mediocre it needs it needs to go high it needs to go super crazy high level next generation right we we really need we need to take ai we need to put all kinds of things we need all kinds of data analytics all kinds of stuff into this right so i had a team member say to me the day he's like well you know i we're, we're looking at these we're we're gonna you know layer it all down to these different developers and designers and blah blah but you know I'm, i didn't bring these guys in because they're too expensive i said who said who said don't bring someone in because it's too expensive that's a roadblock. That's just an example. You know, I said, what do you mean too expensive? Did I say, don't bring someone in because it's too expensive? No, I didn't. So why should we let, why should we necessarily let money get in the way at the beginning? Because it might be the right solution. If we don't spend enough, then we don't get what we need. But if we yeah, spend too little, then we don't have it too, right? It depends on if you have it. It does depend on if you have it, but I never told him we didn't. I never told him we didn't. I never gave a, but I mean, I was like, thank you for thinking about me. Thank you for thinking about the company. Thank you for thinking about this. But that's, don't think small when we didn't, we didn't put anything. We need to take a look at the whole big picture to begin with. So I want to get out of the way, me, myself, I want to get out of the way as well. But I also don't want, I don't want other roadblocks to get, like you said, removing roadblocks. I said, well, let me remove this roadblock for you. Maybe, maybe it could possibly be that we could spend more money than you thought was enough. Sometimes, sometimes I think in IT, we think sometimes that we get stuck in the cost center, which I'm sure you're familiar with. We get stuck in the cost center. We get stuck in the budget. A lot of times we say, oh, they'll never approve that. That'll never get approved. Maybe that's the wrong thinking. I just went on off on a complete tangent. Now let's go back to what you were saying, which is what, what, um, what was I saying? I don't know. We, I, this is me. I'm on my third cup of coffee. This is the problem. So, uh, we're, <laughs> we're talking about leadership, hiring the right people, getting the right people on the bus, the right team, hiring stronger people that are smarter than yourselves and removing the roadblocks and getting out of the way. Continue. So, so, so it's, it's really, uh, important that we stress on the right people, not the perfect people, right? Because mm. there's two different types of people that you're talking about, right? Right. And perfect. Mm. The right, per the right person, when you hire the right person, you're hiring for attitude, aptitude, and the ability to do X, Y, and Z, right? Perfect person only fits into that one little mold. See what I'm saying? The right person is one that could grow with you, right? So two different sets of people that we talk about when we talk in right and perfect person. So you hire the right person, you, you, you get out of the way, you give them the autonomy to do what you hire them to do, and you provide the support, the support, the guidance, the, the, the bumpers in a, in a bowling alley lane, right? You know? Yes. You, you provide those so they could roll that ball straight down the line and tell you how to get from the start to the finish. That's uh, 100% the, um, the model I use when we, when we acquire or when I acquire people. But that's not really what we're talking about. We started talking about um, uh, shadow, the, IT. shadow IT and we digressed. We'll right. get back to the shadow IT, but I, I, I'm still fascinated about this bumper, this bumper analogy and the right person versus the perfect person. What's the right person again? So, 
So, well, what's so, the right so, person? For that? Because you said, does attitude and aptitude fall under the right person or the? That's right. Person? That's right. That's the right person, right? Okay, okay, okay. And so, so you you have you have a, you have a job to do, and you have a job description. The perfect person checks every box, fits everything. They fit into that little mold perfectly. That's the perfect person. They can't come out of that mold, right? The right person is the one that could grow with you because they have the attitude and the aptitude for growth to understand, to pivot, and to see things differently, right? Um, I, I attended, um, I attended a, a leadership seminar where we had this guest speaker and she said, she said, if you want to see, um, uh, strategic executions, really culture and action, right? So you have to get that right person, uh, the person has the right cultural fit to execute the strategy within this certain organization to right? you can't get a perfect person, but you get the right person that, um, that fits that culture, right? Because understand culture is not stagnant, is always evolving and is always moving. Right, because as companies grow, certain things change as people come and go, and all that good stuff. And if you if you if you hire the, the right person that could adapt and and grow and change and pivot together with you, then guess what? You know, you all one team doing all the cliche things you mentioned before. Chances are that person will follow you too. Yeah, absolutely. Or you'll follow them, or you'll follow them, or something will happen, and then you you'll stick together for a long time. Well, you you make a lifelong partnership even if you don't work together. Mm. 10 years from now yes so back to shadow it so we get the right person to infiltrate and put shadow it everywhere in the in the environment so i went i, I used to let's do shadow it everyone out there the tip of the day is to allow not allow shadow it to do shadow it so here, here's here's the flip side of this, right? I mean, most traditional organizations, you go, you you, you acquire you acquire companies and you go after the shadow IT groups that want to do their own little thing, right? Which is which is good, right? Because you want you you want to to migrate everybody onto a single platform. You you want to have economies of scale and and leverage your your uh, your consistent platforms across the organization. But who's to say what you're doing is the right thing? See what I'm saying? So one of the things that I learned. Like going after shadow IT organizations within a, a humongous uh, parent organization is that sometimes one of those shadow IT groups is doing something better than you thought you could do it. And how mm. do you learn and leverage from them, right? And that's what that's where some growth comes in uh, on both parts, right? You get to pull them out of the small little shadow IT group. And involve them into in the larger enterprise, and you get to learn something that you would have never had visibility of if there wasn't the shadow IT group. Mm. What do yes. you think about that? It's um, I I I would love to know. Have you ever infiltrated infiltrated a shadow IT group and said it, it sounds like why are you doing this? And you why why are you doing this? Why are you doing? Oh, wait a second. Um. Oh yeah. That's actually a pretty good idea. We should implement that instead. <laughs> Have yeah, you had that I, I mean, I mean, really and truly, that that's exactly it. Exactly what you said. It has exactly it. Right? That's exactly how how it happens. <laughs> why are you doing this? You know, why are you doing this to accomplish this when we have this in place? But oh, all of a sudden, you're like your ways are a whole lot easier and a whole lot simpler <laughs> and a whole lot more efficient. Right? Is scalable. So guess what? You know. We could quite possibly take this and adapt it to what we're doing across the organization. And all of a sudden, the little shadow IT group is no longer a shadow IT group, but a functional, a functional unit or a functional pillar within within the the house of technology. See, I think I think what sparked this whole conversation too was creative ways 
was not only that, you know, shadow IT isn't always bad. In other words, what's the moral of the story there? Shadow IT isn't always bad. Maybe there's, you know, maybe it's like a think tank little section of the company that's doing well and we ended up adopting it and we we take a look at all the shadow it and we say okay what, what do we absolutely need to get rid of and why were these people doing this well it wasn't supporting them before there wasn't clear communication there wasn't um good i don't know cross-departmental communication and the it guy was hiding in the server closet that's why i had all this you know shadow it you know etc okay so great we that that's the the typical uh, uh breakdown of why I'm I'm assuming and you tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm assuming this is a, a a somewhat accurate assumption because we've done tons of shows and we we know kind of where shadow IT comes from and why it happens, right? Um so it, it could be you know poor IT communication. Uh and then there's this other kind of crazy idea which is what if your company is kind of big or slow to change or not open to change then what are some of the ways that you use to convince executive management to make a change or to be open to i don't know the new way of the future which is technology as a business force multiplier so 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 that's where shadow it as a purpose comes comes in right so you take so you or I take the lessons that I've learned in the past, right? In in, in terms of how I went after after smaller sub IT shadow IT organizations, and and leverage some of their systems, platforms, tools, whatever you know, processes. Why don't we flip that around and do the same thing and and influence up rather than just within the same little business unit see what i'm saying so you influence and up now so you take so so having visibility or having partial visibility across the organization and seeing things either going as slow as molasses or not going at all in the direction that you believe that they should go how do you influence the larger organization to do what you believe and what the industry experts believe is the right way to do things right so all of a sudden you have a small vertical that could do things and leverage certain platforms, certain procedures, uh, best practices on all of the above, right? And all the all, all the little, uh, buzzwords. You could leverage all of those within this small vertical, you know, demonstrate success in doing so and influence up so the large organization really takes notice and begins to wonder, hey, what are they doing right that we're not doing? So are they seeing the results that we're not seeing, right? You use that influence up and spread that across the entire organization. Do you have any examples? I can't give specifics, but okay. I but 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 yes, I do. I, I could um, I don't know. A simple one, simple simple one. Uh, security training, mm-hmm. right? This this is a simple one. Security training. The weakest link is always the people, right? right? You could have the you could have the the best uh, intrusion prevention detection systems and all. All the other types of uh, systems, platforms, processes you should have in a security practice. The weakest link is always the people. So how do you how do you solve that? Right, continuous mm-hmm. training, and what type of training do you do that engages the individual and encourages them to re- to retain the training? So that when they see something, they know that they could say something or do something or act in a certain way. Right. If that's not happening within the larger organization, then all of a sudden, you know, your weakest link is all these other people that are not doing this this 
training, testing, whatever it is that you 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 have in the in the plans or, or in the works. If you could show success in the smaller environment, the bigger environment could adopt that, right? Because the solution you're going to put in place in the smaller environment is really scalable. So 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 there's a little bit of strategy involved there to influence up, right? You don't you don't uh, implement a, a solution that is um, size restricted or not scalable and not robust, right? The, the solution you implement in the shadow IT group has to be scalable and robust so that you could influence up and show how you could do the same thing in a larger scale. That's actually that's actually a great example because you could easily you could easily implement security training within a small subset or a small group of people and track the results. Yes, absolutely. That'd be great. And um, I, that that would actually be a, an interesting test to run. I would love to see that. As far as speed of change goes, and and having been, um, you know, having worked in various different organizations over your career, um, you know, mid market IT, uh, manufacturing, etc. What would you say are some of the most painful silos or or, or it doesn't necessarily need to be painful. It could just be what have been some of the most creative or successful ways to eliminate silos, I guess. I, I, it could be anything you want to talk about around silos. It's just silos that they exist and I hate them. So silos exist and I don't necessarily hate them. I dislike most of them. Some silos exist for a reason. <laughs> yes. and you always, you always got to figure out the why, right? The why before you go bulldoze the silo. You know, we always got to figure out the why they were then. Was the purpose? Was the purpose? I, they, they, that they, one's they an AS four hundred. We can't. Uh, we can't bulldoze that one. Yeah. Uh, guess what? You know, I actually have one of those in the environment still. You know, believe it or not. <laughs> Don't bulldoze it. Don't uh, bulldoze that one. We love that one. That one we love. Uh, oh, <laughs> we need to love that's, that one. <laughs> that, that's that's too funny. Um. <laughs> so 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 the, the easiest way to get rid of silos, you know, you start with, with communication, right? You you got to talk to the people who are. Who use in the silo? Who in the silo? You know, you ask the right questions. You know, you make sure you have the right people on your, on your team to ask the right questions. I don't know all the questions. I wouldn't profess to know all the questions, mm-hmm. but ha- having the right the right people on the team to help you find out the the whys and the what's and and, and what's the purpose of what's the purpose of this, right? And then you start influencing. Okay, so how could we get out of the silo? How could we get out of our own little bubble and 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 see the bigger picture, right? Because strategies are bigger picture. See. And when you're in a silo, all you've seen is the tactical going up that little silo. So how do you break the walls down? First thing I always do is open communication, right? So we 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 foster that trust, and and we encourage people to communicate openly. What's working? What's not working? Why are you doing it? Why are you not doing it? You know, could we do something a different way? Well, here's the system that we that we use, or here's the process that we use in, in the enterprise, right? How could we adapt, and how could we help your people adapt? to 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 the uh to the greater solution rather than than continuing here and, and you you start you start breaking the silo down first with communication then you must have the the, the right the right solution so if you're going to bulldoze the silo down right what are you going to replace it with you must have that right solution and and I, again i say right and not perfect because perfect perfect in my mind gives the wrong connotation and right? we're in technology we're in technology things break not, nothing's there, perfect right. there is no it would be like saying salesforce is the perfect solution for everyone no everything every salesforce uh license comes with a 
software <laughs> developer <laughs> company, a software developer company that needs to that's come in and, and you know what I mean? And uh, that's that's cost, man. Develop. That's that's cost right there. Yeah. So it's not just a you know click and buy. At least Salesforce isn't. Should it Salesforce so, so, do you want so, advertise? So, uh, um, the where where was I going with this? So um. So one of the things people leave out of technology is the people, right? And 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 that that's kind of like a weird thing to say. People leave out leave out people when they consider technology, right? Because all all our technology is really really good, but if you don't have the people around it, right? Was it was it really it happens good? automation all the time? Oh, so so automation is great, right? Automation is great from soup to nuts, so that you you have repetitive processes, you have things that 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 the machines, the machine, my wife, she she last when i say the machine you you have uh <laughs> which, have which the machine, machine. be careful now be careful because which machine now if so, i say so, the so laundry got, machine then <laughs> we got we got stuck on person of interest you know and we watched the and we, we we binged the entire series and and they always talk about the machine you know the machine does this and all that so every time i say the machine you know she cracks up at me you know it, automation is automation is great but automation without our purpose is not you know, and, and who are you trying to help, or what purpose are you trying to do, right? So you always have to include the people in it. In in, in all this technology stuff that we do, right? There's people involved somewhere, and and we got to remember that, and we can't forget that we deal with people with 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 emotions, culture, and all this other good stuff that that goes towards making a successful organization, right? You can't just be systems, nuts and bolts. How many? There's two pieces we need to unpack here. One, the fact that an IT person would care about asking the people and the systems and processes in place to begin with. In other words, not just keeping the blinking lights blinking, right? So that's number one. Number two is, yes, how people actually use the technology that's behind the why we have this technology to begin with, which might be some shadow IT or some non-shadow IT. So it gets, it goes even deeper but how many it directors managers just under cto cio which is most of the mid-market manufacturing space construction logistics biopharmaceuticals i don't know multi-location doctors healthcare practices there's a lot of businesses in america cannot list them all how many it leaders if we can call them leaders call them managers actually do that and when i say do that i I say actually like sit back and say why do we have the technology that we have and what are we trying to accomplish as a business how many do you think actually do that or just show up to work and you know make sure the ticketing system is running and the general you know i'm just wondering how what would you say if you had to guess? I'm just curious. So, How many so the so the so the latter seems to be the norm, right? You know, um, rolling into a new organization, I see the latter as being the norm, and that blows that blows my mind, right? How could you how could you at a at a senior level technology, and I say leader, right? Leader mm-hmm. versus manager, you know, yeah, yeah. only look at the uh, pure tactical, right? You know, uh, just just what you mentioned, the ticket system working, we have. We have the workflows going, people getting the, the, the tickets that are being worked. We have metrics, we report, okay, everything's hunky dory, we good, you know. How could you how could you just stop at that, right? In my <laughs> in my opinion, that's what differentiates the IT manager 
you know, even senior IT managers from from senior technology leaders, right? And I, I use IT versus technology. There's, there's, uh, in my mind, there's a big there's a a big difference between simple IT and 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 if you call it technology and and technology leaders because technology leadership also involves the people, the business, and the downstream technology pieces. So we have to assume that the people care to begin the IT manager cares to begin with that he's going to ask these questions. How? How does he ask these questions? Simply going around and say, hey, why do you guys use this? Is it that simple? I think it is. I think it actually so, is as simple as just saying, why do you do so this? It's as simple as a simpler striking up our conversation, right? You don't need, you don't need to have a formal meeting. And yeah, you, you do, right? Eventually, you come to a formal meeting where you actually sit down and you're, you, you, you BA the whole thing. You, know, you, you do the business analysis and all this good, happy stuff that you do. You do that. But it starts with a simpler conversation, right? Hey, hey, Phil. Using this system over here, could, could you tell me how you're using it? What you're using it for, and, and and what's some of the problems you have with it? You know, and and we know you're using it for your purpose here, but I really want to understand all about it because on this side we have this system doing the same thing. You know, and should we be leveraging what you're doing, or should you be leveraging what we're doing? And that's really what we're trying to figure out, Jay. You know, and you start with our conversation like that. Do you think there's like some common sense? Is there like a common sense crash course that we could have some people take on how not to say stupid things? So, uh, you know what so, I mean? Like, so, for example, so I, would, I would pull that back. I would pull that back a little bit. I like when they say the stupid things sometimes, right? Then I, I, I preface that with us sometimes. No, I mean Simply us. I mean us so, not say stupid things. I mean, other IT drivers not say stupid things. Like, like don't go up to someone and say, why are you using that piece of garbage? Because they may like that piece of garbage. I mean, like, you got to ask, right? Yeah, I'm just just ask correctly. The only reason why I'm saying is I thought of the other day. I went I went into um. But so 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 I get what you, I get what you're saying, right? And and again, like it you got to be tactful. Goes, you know, like some it goes, some it goes people back just to aren't the, It goes back to the it goes back to the people. If you understand your people, you could talk to them like people. If you don't understand your people, right? Then you have to you know you have to exercise a, a special level of tact in extracting the right info from them because otherwise they're going to climb up and they're not going to tell you the whole truth or nothing but the truth see what i'm saying but if you know the people if you if you develop that relationship with them and sometimes you have to do that relatively quickly right mm. you know and, and even if a uh, real real world example you hire a consulting company to figure out the house wise you know and and all the pertinent questions right and they're going to talk to the right people and sometimes the right people you know, say, hey, he's asking questions because he wants to change what we're doing. But yeah, you want, we want to change what you're doing, right? But we don't want to change it to upset your apple cart. We want to change it to right size your apple cart, right? And you got you to gotta communicate that so that person actually trusts the person asking the questions. So they would give them the whole truth, nothing but the truth, unadulterated, unfiltered, so that they know exactly what they're dealing with. It's, it's more complicated than people think. Get, getting people to trust you is 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 not running in like like you know best it really isn't and i think no, a lot of people no, might make that mistake no it isn't right and 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 here's here's where some you know there's a word that i use that you know there's a lot of people some people they don't like the word you know but here's the word that i use is humility mm. you know you gotta you gotta have a level of humility understanding what you're doing is not all about you is, is greater than you is to serve other people and understand you know understand that you don't always know everything you know you might be hard to do a job but that don't mean you know everything that that doesn't mean that you have to offer advice on everything you know sit back and listen a little bit you know understand where the other person's coming from you know and 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 you know let them talk let them trust you um 
is is is, is something that that I've uh, learned to develop. You know, it, it, throughout my career, you know, I, I consider myself a people person first before I'm a, a, a technology person. So I'm a people leader before I'm a technology leader. And, and uh, to be a technology leader first and then a people leader second would be really, really hard for me. You know, so I understand the people and the people using technology and it comes kind of natural in terms of speaking to people and getting them to trust and open up and tell me about the things that are actually happening. So what I'm gathering from all of this deep psychology the psychology of the psychology of it it's like a new sure like a new it's like a new genre or something hey, hey te- technology the, the pure technology is the easy part right <laughs> people people design it to work and if you ask the right questions you have the right answers and you make the right integrations on all that good stuff it, it kind of sometimes works you know more seamless than not right is all the stuff on the fringe that becomes difficult and the difficult so Here's what I hear people complain about a lot. The organization moves too slow, right? It's things take are taking too long. But from what I'm gathering from you, the more you work on culture, the more you work on the relationships, the better you are at securing relationships faster than the speed of adoption will come on the coattails of that. So I think that's a long way to say what this one little lady said in this uh, leadership thing I went to, you know, strategic execution is, is uh, culture and action. Mm. And I, I really took that to heart when she said that strategic execution is culture and action. So I'm gonna, I've always practiced, you know, cult, the culture and action part, right? I never really equated it to strategic execution, but it is 100% true. I would love to know security vendors. Oh, why would you put me in the spot like that? I because that's what you have to do. That's what you have to. I don't know, man. I don't know if I have a a, a favorite security vendor. Um, Culture and action. My favorite security vendor is myself. Is creating relationships so that people don't do things that would that will get me fired. Hey, you know that might that might be it. That could be it. I could be my own favorite. You know, but <laughs> but truthfully, to say. Uh, of, of, I mean, I have favorite vendors in certain in certain areas, but I don't know if I have a favorite. It's just me. Vendor. It's just me fishing. No pun intended. It's just me fishing for <laughs> for people that I can go after and ask for money. I'm giving you free advertising on my show, so I need you to pay me some money. Um, <laughs> uh, is there anything that just you know, like you have to have anything that I have to? And have. you don't even have to say. Maybe you shouldn't even reveal this because that's. That's the irony of security to begin with. It's not telling people what your security vendor is. So, so that's um, you know, so, you know that so could I just be I, it. I, I couldn't I couldn't tell you the actual vendors, right? Because I I mean, there's so many of them that do certain things really well, right? But if you if you're talking about okay, here's that, a better um, idea. Minimum of uh, a minimum. Let's ask this question a different way. Minimum number of security vendors one must have as an IT director to feel that uh, they never have to worry about security ever again. So uh, <laughs> that, that's a loaded question here, right? So 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 here so here's the thing. Minimum twenty. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, so 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 here's the thing. You know, I really like to hand this to to, to one person, one one group. Mm. Let them let them go. Exactly. You know, so, 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 uh, uh, and, uh, managed services, uh, managed security services partner, let them go. 
you know, get the get the best of class. It was, let me concentrate on the business of doing technology rather than the business of doing security, right? So, so I I would much rather push this out to my security services. It's totally partner. a loaded question. It's absolutely in in it. It's um something again that middle America IT, not enterprise people that don't have a budget to hire a CISO and pay endless amounts of money for, I don't know, security, and then still be insecure. It's, it's a legitimate, it's a legitimate concern in the mid market space in America. So, so, so here's the thing, right? If you're talking, if you're talking minimums, and this, this, the, the, the technology part of it, right? I mean, the, you, you gotta have. It's a stupid covered, question. Right? It's a ridiculous I mean, question. What I'm asking, obviously, obviously, I mean, it's a ridiculous you, you, question. From a security standpoint, you've got to have your basics covered. You know, your your, your firewalls, your antivirus, your anti-malware. You are, you know, if, if you're not if you're not sophisticated, you at least should have some sort of access control, so you know who's doing what, right? You need to have your employee training. You need to have your your um. Your your backups, right? And you need to make sure that your backups are well air gapped, so that you know if you if God forbid you should need to go back to them, you can, right? That that's 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 bare bones minimum, and then then you could start working on all the the fancy stuff, right? Your your uh, intrusion detection prevention systems, you know, um, uh, your 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 PAMs and your IAM um, uh, solutions, you know, your 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 CyberOx and 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 the fancy systems of the world. Um, you know, MFA should be a given as well too, right? Just the easy, that's a low hanging fruit that could help secure any organization, right? Um, you, it seems so obvious, America. but do you think people still, still don't have that? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Uh, I, I, I could guarantee a hundred percent. I could bet you the last 25 cents in your pocket that people still don't have the basics in place. Why? They just don't think about it. Really? Yeah, MFA. absolutely. People don't think absolutely. about MFA. Uh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. To mo- to most people who don't know, MFA is just a pain. Hmm. To employees or to IT directors, it's a pain to so, IT yeah, directors so, too. So, so if you if you're talking you're talking middle America, run a email IT house, right? Not an enterprise, not an enterprise organization, right? You know. Uh huh. Yeah, where where senior leadership really has a hand in saying what happens and what goes on, all that you know is a pain to them, so it's a pain to everybody else. I'd love to get the data on that. I'd love to get the data on the consequences of not implementing multi-factor authentication. So, 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 so at a minimum, all organizations should be MFA and SSO on everything, right? You know, so you have you have absolute control on and 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 you have absolute control on on the access uh, of your key systems because the MFA and, uh, and SSO, including physical access, right? So physical access to facilities, if you do have facilities, that should all be wrapped into one nice little pretty bundle, right? So so you, you cut somebody, you cut somebody and they're gone, right? Disgruntled or not, they don't longer have the access. We just sell that to them in some kind of AI package that you and I make up and we make millions and of And we could retire. We could yeah, retire. If we just do that, like, like, like um, <laughs> MFA... And SSO in one click done. <laughs> like, can we, is it like, can we figure that one out? Can we have someone write some scripts or something? Can we do that? Can we figure that out. Can we uh, delegate so, that so, to so another the, team member? I mean, so this was, this was a big push for me in one organization that I work for, right? You know, we, we MFA and SSO. Well, mm-hmm. we, we implemented MFA and then we SSO'd everything across, across the board. And then we pushed it all to uh, an identity management um, 
platform. And then, mm-hmm. uh, then we, we utilize a, a PAM platform as well, you know, privilege access management. So we had total control of over all access. It's kind of like asking who's still on exchange. There's still a lot of people on exchange. That's for sure. I don't know. That, that, that would blow my mind if there were. Oh, no, it, it still happens. <laughs> it still ha- It wasn't too long ago that I ran into Lotus Notes. I ran into no way. Lotus Notes. <laughs> You say that, that you say that with such a straight face. I'm dead I hadn't serious. Heard, I hadn't heard that. I hadn't heard that. You know those two words together in like a long, long, long time. <laughs> oh no, exchanges for sure. Ton. There's absolutely still a ton. But Lotus Notes. I wonder. I wonder. Uh, I wonder if <clears throat> when I was in college, I interned with a with a, a large telephone company, and they well, standardized on. Who I can't was tell it? you. Oh, I can't tell darn you. it. Uh, you, I was just saying AT and T. No, it wasn't was wasn't quite as large as AT and T, but they standardized on Lotus Notes. And I was in college then, and I about fell out my chair when I saw that. How many people are still? Are you really googling that on <laughs> <laughs> Lotus Notes? Let's just see what happens. You know what? No, uh, we have found twenty six thousand nine hundred eleven companies that use IBM Lotus Notes. Our data for IBM Lotus Notes usage goes back as far as two years and two months, forty five percent. And but how old is this? Hmm. Let's just say there is. We need to find some. Anyone out there listening that's still on Lotus Notes, we want to have you on the show, and we you will be. Um, I don't know. How do we say that? Um, we will we will change your name and uh, voice and all that type of stuff. Protect the innocent. Right? Yeah, we'll, we we want to have you get one of the little voice things. <laughs> it was so funny. Yes, we are still on Lotus Notes. <laughs> I, I hate it. <laughs> <It's> a, <laughs> the 80s robot voice. <laughs> would be great. You know, would be great. I'm, but I'm still here managing that. <laughs> it would be that would actually be great. We would the I. Everyone out there listening, please, I am officially starting now. I am on the search for the organization with the most antiquated systems and silos in place in existence today on the f- in North America. United States. Yeah, we, we, need, well, we must well, find them. Well, once we get off this call, I could call I could call back and say, hey, guess what? Uh, I'm a candidate for that, right? <laughs> Stop. Oh, this is excellent. Okay. Anything um What's important is what we actually do outside of work. Any um, any great hobbies or anything like that? Oh, better yet, any any conspiracy theories that might not be conspiracy theories? I, I don't believe in conspiracy theories. You know, everything happens for a reason and a purpose. You know, and it's how we react to them that that determines like like who and what we are. True. We have to take what's a reality. We have to take what I guess what's what you're saying is That's what is so- presented as reality. So, so now I was about to say something very similar to that, right? Perception becomes reality. So how you perceive certain things that are happening, you know, becomes your reality. We, we have a lot in common. I got cracked though. I got cracked. I got my, my psychology got, got cracked by, um, by the flat earthers. So it's, it's, (laughs) (laughs) conspiracy theories. No, no, (laughs) nothing. We landed on the moon a hundred percent. 100%. 1969, you are absolutely 100% positive knowing what we knew in technology now, back in the computers back then. We've never been back to the moon ever before. And the millions of pounds that had to be lifted by a rocket into space. And you've actually gone through the science of this and you've looked at all this, which if you do go down that hole, I do encourage you to. Like, 
gun to your head, you're 100 percent positive we land on the moon. Because yeah, I could absolutely. show you some evidence that might make you very, very skeptical of this. And I just uh, went down the dark. I went down the dark hole myself. And yeah. to me, I used to be like, "You're a nut job. You're a nut it, job." It, it it doesn't matter. You're gonna have skeptics, and you're gonna have people that that, that want to push to limits on everything that is mm. reality. Any final message? One simple thing: if someone could do one thing um, to make their IT life better, because in general it's it's a struggle it's always going to be a struggle it's never going to be perfect we're never going to sit back someday and be like all systems are in place all silos are eliminated everything is fairly well automated team is perfect no one's ever going to quit i can now sit back put my feet up on the desk and i have made it if there was one thing if there was one thing there's so many things. Oh my gosh! Uh, you know, keep learning, keep growing, right? You know, growth is it, growth is never ending. You know, so you, you keep learning, you keep growing. If you ever say, "Guess what? I have arrived," then guess what? You're not there yet. You know, that's just that's just the truth. Um, don't take anything for granted. You know, always be thankful for where you are, because if you look back, you know, you could be in a worse off position if you think everything is so bad and so terrible. I tell my kids uh, that all the time. Look down, don't look up. Look down. There's always someone below you that's that's worse off, and be thankful for where you're at right now because most of us live like so. So, so that's that, so that that's um that's that's real, right? You know, I mean, so 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 true story. Two minutes we have we have two minutes. You ask well, what was real outside work. You ask conspiracy theories, but real was was real outside work. Is the kids right? Why we do what we do? You know, we don't do it for us. I mean, we do to some extent. But you, you do it for other people, which is where the humility thing comes in. Uh, all, all kids are, are um, all well, fully full transparency. I'm father of four kids, not in biologically mine. Uh, two of my wife's from her first marriage, and the other two two little ones that we have. Uh, they're, they're seven and five. They're my wife's niece's kids mm-hmm. that um, that we have full custody of, and, and they, they live with us. We're raising them. They're not going anywhere. They're ours, right? Mm-hmm. And um, we 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 have to remind them, you know, not being so in a not doing so in a bad way, but to always remember where you came from and look back, right? Because things could always get worse, right? And we you you look back just you know for that hindsight twenty twenty to see where you came from, because guess what, the future is always better, and you always got to keep working towards it. You know, it never just comes for granted. You know, it just just doesn't happen. Uh, you always got to work towards it, right? So. Um, that's my I, story, and I'm sticking to it. And no, I agree 100%. Being a father of eight with two grandchildren. Eight. Yeah, eight. Eight. I was the guy that was never going to get married, wasn't going to ever, ever work in corporate America. You got me beat, and, man. You got I me didn't beat. like the, I didn't like the, uh, I wasn't going to be a part of this rat race and concrete jungle. None of that. And then someone looked at me and they said, So, um, you're going to amount to nothing. I was like, Oh, it's a good point. And, uh, yeah, I never, I wasn't, wasn't going to get married, wasn't going to, wasn't going to be a, certainly not going to marry the, the cheerleader the captain of the cheerleading team i was like they're you know they're to this i'm married to the captain of the cheerleading team never gonna have kids now i got eight kids somehow uh everything that i said every anything that you ever look down upon someone else for is going to happen to you <laughs> at least that's what happens to me anytime i'm like oh i'm never gonna do that no boom next happens the I mean, next day <laughs> almost, so, uh, almost never say never right so uh, I'm I'm with you 100. I do, I definitely do this for the kids, and I look at I look at the other kids too. And there's something about kids that 
they don't have the they have a level of innocence they don't have the kind of rough around the edges that you know adults have of us going through you know c- certain things but um I, I don't know i just i i feel for you uh, i i'm and i i'm i'm with you i'm with you without having to to describe the situation or say the words or anything like that so i appreciate you for for sharing that Sean, thank you so much for being on Dissecting Popular IT Nerds. Uh, been a pleasure. Thank you for sharing. And everyone out there, go do Shadow IT. Thank you for having me.